Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Previously on Reunion, Shark Attacks in Paradise. So the surfers and the ocean goers, well, for them, they thought that we had let shark numbers proliferate and that it was necessary to intervene. The environmentalists said the opposite. They were protecting the sharks, saying that they were in their natural environment, and it's not man's job to intervene. When you have two such opposing clans, it's vital to have objective analysis, studies, and data. And at this point, we surfers found ourselves sat opposite people, legal experts, scientists, scuba divers as well. These people looked at us and treated us like shit. They looked at us with real disdain, and for them, the problem existed simply because we were surfing. If anything seemed obvious to me in learning about Reunion Island, it was that everybody involved on all sides was struggling to do the right thing, and even just to figure out what the right thing was. Like Jean-Francois Nativel in episode two, killing that shark after the Darjan attack, thinking he'd be greeted as a hero and then getting roasted. Or after Matthew Schiller got killed at Bukankano, when Mayor Huguette Bello did a very leadership kind of thing, right, by showing up on the beach, only to get screamed at by surfers and then lose her cool and scream back. By 2012, stories like that were just piling up. The government authorizing a shark call, and then Sea Shepherd and Brigitte Bardot raising hell, righteously, fighting the good fight. The guy from the Brigitte Bardot Foundation doing a solo demonstration swim to show how safe the water is, only to get assaulted by surfers. The French national government telling the mayor of Saint-Lou he was forbidden to authorize shark killing as a safety measure, but then authorizing its own shark killing clearly to make people feel safe, but strictly under the fig leaf of research into whether the meat might be safe to eat again. And finally, the regional council, that's like a state legislature for the island, putting up 1 million euros to have a major environmental consulting company do earnest, well-intentioned global research into shark attack epidemics worldwide, and then put on a big public conference meant to make everybody feel heard and confident that they were getting the very best counsel from the very smartest of experts, including one, Christopher Pepin Neff, who flew all the way from Australia for what turned out to be a truly bizarre experience. I'm Dan Duane, and this is Reunion, Shark Attacks in Paradise, Episode 8, If I Were a Bull Shark, I Would Never Leave This Place. Look, I mean, there's so much to talk about, but let's do this. Um, 
tell me your background and how you got interested. How did you get into the sociology of shark, shark hysteria or whatever we're going to call it, shark attacks? Um, human shark relations. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you want to, whatever yeah. you want to. Um, I got into it through the movie Jaws. That's Christopher Pepin Neff. And hey, let's remember, Jaws wasn't just any movie. It was the original summer blockbuster in 1975, the one that created that whole concept. Jaws blew The Godfather out of the water in terms of revenue. It was the highest grossing film ever until Star Wars. Jaws was also the master text for pretty much every natural horror film ever, from Piranha to Anaconda. And Ridley Scott's original Alien was apparently pitched, I mean, you know, elevator pitched as Jaws in Space. I was laying on the floor of my parents' bedroom eating a bowl of popcorn when Jaws came on. And all of a sudden, the shark jumps out of the water, and I hit the bowl of popcorn. And I'll, next thing I know, there's popcorn all over the room. And I was hooked. That was it for me. Um, I became a shark kid. And I... Um, How old were you at the time? Oh, I was six. Too young to be watching Jaws, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. God. And you were growing up where? Uh, I was in uh, northeastern Connecticut, so a couple hours from the ocean. I had a 10-foot great white shark cut out against my wall for the next 10 years um, that I had taped on the wall. Um, I, Like I said, I read all the books when everything came out. I did papers in school on sharks. You know, it was pretty clear that I was addicted and had a serious problem. Remind me why you moved to Australia. Uh, warm sun beach gaze. I was 30 and I didn't have a master's degree and I didn't have a husband. And it seemed like the, it made a lot of sense. Pepin Neff wound up getting a PhD at the University of Sydney. His doctoral research, which was pretty darn original, looked at what you might call the history of totally absurd human response to shark attack epidemics. Like that famous old New Jersey thing from 1916 when they dropped dynamite in the water and called in the Coast Guard. You know what the next scary thing is after 1916? World War II. World War II happens and pilots don't want to fly in the Pacific. So the U.S. Navy comes up with what's called the shark chaser deterrent. And it's like a bag of fluid, of ink. And people were told that when they, if they crashed their planes in the Pacific and there were sharks there, that uh, they should let this ink ball out and it would keep the sharks away. Or if a shark came along next to you, you grab it like a dolphin by the dorsal fin and ride it. Florida's notorious Summer of the Shark, too, in 2001, when a little kid named Jesse Arbogast was playing in the water. A bull shark swims up and bites his arm. His father takes Jesse out of the water. The bull shark is attached. The father puts him down on the sand, goes up to the truck, gets a gun out of the cliff compartment, walks back, walks down the beach, blows the shark's brains out. Shark lets go of the arm, takes the arm out of the mouth. The arm has been detached by the shark takes Jesse to the hospital. 
and they sewed the arm back on. Everyone in the state comes to see Jesse in the hospital. The mayor comes, Governor Jeb Bush comes, um, everybody comes. Updates about Jesse every day in the media cycle now for the next 30 days, right? Every day he's in the hospital, how's he doing, what's going on? Pepin Neff is just full of stories like this. He's really fun to talk to because what he's all about is how kooky and emotional people are in response to sharks. How otherwise rational people just sort of lose it and do goofy stuff. Like this time bull sharks started biting people in Sydney and the mayor actually authorized aerial patrols. Or here's yet another Pepin Neff anecdote from South Africa that I sort of like. Crazy ideas, just 10 seconds. It's called the Nippers Group, the little kids who trained to be lifeguards. They got um, those um, those electronic deterrents, uh-huh. like a shark field, and they tied them together and created a fence. And then they threw all the kids in the water. And a great white shark comes through, doesn't do anything, swims right into the group of kids, sort of dodging around the kids, turns back around, goes to go out, gets zapped on the way out, turns back around, and now you have an angry great white shark in the middle of 20 little kids. <laughs> oh God, this is horrendous. All the time. But anyway, the upshot was starting in New Jersey in 1916, and especially after Jaws, with that giant man-hunting beast underwater, we humans have been responding in ever more loony ways to sharks. And he's got a point. I mean, Sharknado? Watch out! Can't just wait here and wish sharks to rain down on Pepin Neff's work on all this as a grad student caught the attention of a campus magazine. The university had approached me and said, we want to do a media story about you because you're doing the world's first PhD on the politics of shark attacks. So there was a big media spread on it, and it became quite well known. Um, I did a TED Talk. The Myth of the Rogue Shark. That was the title of his TED Talk as follows. In the gospel according to Jaws, rogue sharks are sharks that get a taste for human flesh. However, I know as a humble social scientist and third year PhD student that there's no evidence of any shark ever getting a taste for human flesh. Again, any, ever. That TED Talk and or the magazine article seems to have then caught the attention of someone on Reunion Island who was doing the only thing elected officials really should do in a shark nightmare. Go looking for people who actually know something about sharks. I get an email, a very strange email from Reunion saying that they've read the article. Am I familiar with Reunion Island? They've had a number of incidents, a number of fatalities. They're putting together a scientific committee to investigate um, what's going on and would I be interested in being part of the scientific committee, they were going to pay uh, $6,000. And I was, I was, a, oh, as a poor PhD student, I said, this sounds like the most normal thing of all time. This is entirely <laughs> normal. I mean, did you, did it, were you skeptical of it? It looked official. I, ha- I yeah. checked out that there had been a number of incidents there, and I think I contacted a friend who's in the 
shark world and said, is, you know, Reunion Island the real deal? Like, what are they really going to pay me? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And he said, yes, you know, you should do it. And so I said that I would be interested. And I think I had a contract within 12 hours. It was real. This was for that big conference being put on by a consulting company on behalf of the Regional Council of Reunion Island. The Regional Council's responsibility is to develop the economy with the island. And with tourism, they quickly understood that the shark crisis and the media treatment of this problem nationally and internationally would have a negative impact on the island's economic development. That's Fabienne Coapel Soré, who was an elected member of that regional council at the time. So we financed studies which were looking to do a census of all the different techniques used all over the world. What exists in the world in terms of shark repellents? What kind of solutions could be put in place here in Réunion Island in order to participate, therefore, in the protection of swimmers and ocean users? So the study was given to Biotope. Biotope is a big French environmental consulting firm. They did what they were supposed to do. They conducted very responsible research into shark deterrent technology. They read all the scientific studies. And after the death of Alexander Rassiga and the attack on Fabien Boujon at Saint-Leu, Biotope scheduled a big public workshop. They chose a date in October of 2012 on reunion. And in a way, it was a great idea. Very solid, right? Fly-in experts, bring in local stakeholders, surfers, fishermen, synthesize everybody's input and develop a single, coherent, defensible, and most of all, rational package of legit recommendations so that everybody could just move forward. Pepin Neff made the trip. I did not fly in luxury for $6,000 round trip uh, because you have to fly from Sydney to Singapore and Singapore to Dubai and Dubai to Johannesburg and Johannesburg to uh, Mauritius and Mauritius to Reunion. Like... It is not, that was not a pleasant experience. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch, involved in a then-unheard-of secret organization called the Illuminati, and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.
Kuapel Sore met Pepin Neff on reunion and took him for a tour of beaches where there'd been attacks. Right away, Pepin Neff noticed something that struck him as significant. Rivers with murky, dirty water flowing into the sea where people played in the surf, especially one spot where a river ran right through a harbor with fishermen gutting fish and then into the sea at a popular beach where beautiful French people were, even then, sunbathing. And French lifeguards were, even then, up in the tower wearing awesome sunglasses. Pepineff actually turned to his translator there. It was this British guy named James who worked with us on this story, too. And Pepineff literally said, quote, If I was a bull shark, I would never leave this place. Then he turned to Kuapel Sore. And I said, you... You know, you've got uh, perfect conditions here for bull sharks. And she said, really? No one's told us that. And I said, no, no, you've got perfect conditions for bull sharks. And she said, well, why isn't anyone telling us this? Because remember, Reunion Island is a sister island to Hawaii. It's a volcanic island, so it funnels down, so it washes out. And when it washes out, you have the mixture of fresh water with salt water washing right into the meeting at that breaking point. And that is usually where you have your best surfing. And then you see that it's you're surfing on top of the offal and the freshwater mixture for the bait fish. We saw people who were gutting fish and whatnot on the side of the canal and it's full of waste and it goes washes right into so you've got the waste washing in in addition to the fresh water and the salt water and the break for the surf so you've got all three that are going on you've got waste water plus fresh water plus plus salt water which means that the waste water draws in bait fish so little crabs little um, little bait fish that you have will be drawn by the waste. So it made perfect sense to me. And I took, I went from beach to beach to beach, and I saw it, every beach I went to, I saw conditions that would lead you to believe that there would be bull sharks there. And in fact, there were bull sharks there. And I was like, well, that's insanity. Normally when you're a researcher, especially a stupid PhD student, like you, you say something and people sort of either ignore you and shake their heads or whatever. That wasn't what happened here. They said, no, like they were pushing back. No, 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 there are seven sharks that need to be killed. By that time, just to be perfectly honest, I was emotionally invested in solving the problem, the mystery, the murder mystery of Reunion Island. And I felt like we were all, like there was a team of us, me and the Bioto people, who were trying to solve it, and the mayor who was trying to cover it up. After this beach tour, Kuapel Sore took Pepe Neff to that big public biotope workshop with all the other stakeholders. Fancy hotel ballroom, president of the regional council on hand. And then all of a sudden the military came in. The military sat down and 
They told us that they were going to have the Coast Guard or the Navy or the, the French Navy was going to come and kill the sharks. Which they were, by the way, right? For that study to see if local shark meat could be safe to eat. And so maybe they could solve the whole problem by just having everybody eat more shark curry. But Pep and Neff still thought the whole point was to present the best contemporary research and scientific understanding. So he stood up and told everybody that research did not support the idea that shark calls reduce risk. There's no effect on the rate of shark attack, whether it's bull sharks, whether it's tiger sharks, whether it's great white sharks, there is no effect on the rate of shark bite. Pepin Neff uses the term shark bite, by the way, because he's really opposed to having us say shark attack. In his view, sharks really do not attack people. That's purely emotional language the way he sees it. Sharks just swim around in the ocean and look for stuff to eat. So that term attack skews the conversation inappropriately toward human-centric horror narratives. Jaws, basically, right? Like, the shark is hunting you. Kill the shark. So Pep and Neff would rather we call these incidents human-shark encounters. And to be fair, that kind of terminology has become the global standard in conservation circles. I get it, too. If your focus is on conservation, it makes sense to encourage language that lowers the emotional blood pressure and discourages irrational fear. But while we're on the topic in a podcast that does have shark attack in the title, I want to just say that I use the term shark attack consciously and deliberately. And I use it because I'm in favor of plain speech and what sharks do to prey, swimming fast toward a chosen target, biting hard, tearing apart. It just does fit the definition of the word attack. So that language feels more honest to me. But anyway, a second expert from South Africa at that biotope workshop said the same thing. No solid scientific data to support the idea that shark killing lowers the likelihood of sharks biting people. Now, to be clear, there's no terrific worldwide data clinching the counterargument that shark killing does not lower the risk of sharks biting people. There's just that Hawaii study where the government killed 5,000 sharks, mostly tiger sharks, by the way, not bull sharks, over 25 years without having any impact on the rate of shark bites. Plus, data for the other side of the argument in favor of killing sharks is really more like anecdote, like in Durban, South Africa, seven fatal attacks over eight years between 1943 and 1951. So they put in shark nets, and then <laughs> once the nets are in place, zero fatal attacks over 70 years. But still, Anecdote is not data. The Hawaii tiger shark study was the best one to date from a methods and data perspective. So as far as I can tell, Pepin Neff was mostly just sharing with the audience one fairly common strain of opinion among ocean conservationists. The oceans are in trouble. Shark populations are plummeting. And there's no good data to support shark killing. So don't do it. And after the talk, I was ganged up on by a large group of surfers. The leader of that surfer group was Jean-Francois Nativelle. He said, you know, I've got friends, I've got brothers who have been bitten and who have died. 
and you don't understand. And so I'm here trying to save my brothers who are still surfing or going to surf. So <laughs> I was such a kid. I was such a little idiot. Like, you know, I'm like, okay, like, let's talk, you know, like, I didn't know. Oh, yeah, he got right up in my face. Uh, he was swearing at me in English. Yeah, they were the surf game. It was the whatever that uh, West Side Story. As in, you know, the Jets and the Sharks. I didn't speak French. Uh, and they're asking me questions like, don't you agree that sharks are killers? And I'd be like, uh, and they'd be like, oh, he agrees. So they all leave the room. The local government and the federal government leave the room. And it's just me and Biotope. And I said, they want us to kill sharks. And Biotope goes, yes. So we've got to come up with an ironclad way to avoid killing sharks. We yeah. stayed up late. We got pizza. Back we're, at your hotel, you got pizza. We're in the okay. conference room and we write up this plan. And, uh, and it says, smart drum lines in public education. This smart drumline idea originally came from David Guillemard and Christoph Perry. The idea was to put out big baited hooks anchored to the seafloor with GPS transponders set to beep any time something bit. A boat would then speed out to check, and if it wasn't a targeted shark species of adequate size, they'd release whatever they'd caught on the spot alive. If it was a big bull or tiger shark, at least in this early way of talking about it, they'd drag that shark way out to sea somewhere and release it alive and hope it didn't come back. Plus that education bit, teach humans more about when and where it's safe to swim. Nobody thought this was a silver bullet. They just thought there were no silver bullets and this was the closest thing to a sane approach. So, so the next day we meet and we're sitting at a long table and the stakeholders have come in and the cameras have come in and the mayor is sitting on my right-hand side. Quick interjection here. Pepe Neff originally described this person on his right-hand side as a politician. He wasn't sure what kind. I thought it had to be the mayor and I told him that. So I put the word mayor in his mouth, but it turns out I was wrong. It was not the mayor. It was a different elected official from the island's regional council. So. Please keep that in mind as he tells the rest of the story. Mayor equals different elected official, my fault. And Bi Biotope is sitting on the left-hand side and the mayor leans over to me and she whispers in my ear, we're going to kill the shark. And I said, what? And she goes, we're going to kill the shark. And I said, no, we're not. And she goes, no, you're going to tell them that we're going to kill the shark. I said, I'm going to tell them that we're going to kill the shark. And she's like, yes, you need to tell them that we're going to kill the shark. And this was the whole thing. This was, it became clear to me that I, that it is the Jaws effect. This was the moment. I was the patsy. I had been brought in for, to do a show and tell for this whole presentation, get roundly hated by everyone, conspiracized, and just for this one moment so the mayor could then essentially put the kibosh on the biotope report that we put together 
and present her own report, which was kill the sharks. So I turned to Biotope. So I literally, I'm just sitting there in the chair. And so I just turned to my left <laughs> and I whispered to the Biotope people, the mayor wants us to kill the sharks. And Biotope goes, well, we're not going to kill the sharks. I said, well, the mayor is on my right and telling me that they're going to kill the sharks. And we need to announce that to the press. And you've got to remi be reminded, the cameras are going. The flashes are going. This is all taking place. And Biotope said, no, we refuse. So I turned back to the mayor <laughs> on my right-hand side. And I said, Biotope and I refuse. We will not kill the shark. We're presenting our report. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed with mushrooms? Not really. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. So they did. Smart drum lines for catch and release only, public education, plus some other sensible stuff. Set up a testing system for new technology like uh, electromagnetic protection nets, you know, nets around swimming areas that pump out electrical shocks to scare sharks. Train lifeguards in first aid. Wait, were they not trained in first aid? <laughs> Buy rescue helicopters. Okay, yeah. Life flight and all that. Explore giving those Vigi Recant underwater shark lookout guys a powerboat and sonar. Naval sonar, I think uh, the idea was they could maybe detect sharks underwater from far away. Expensive, yes. About five million bucks over five years. Oh, and of course, absolutely no shark killing. Because, again, why would anybody kill sharks in the service of public safety without good data saying it would make anybody safer? Well, in Pepin Neff's memory, elected officials were not happy with him. Boy, was I persona non grata. If that's true, it likely had to do with a feel for the room, a sense that after three fatal attacks and two maimings and all this pomp and circumstance and a million euros blown on the biotope study, nothing about this whole Pepin Neff slash biotope proposal was going to make any of the scared reunion surfers feel safer. And they let me know it was time for me to leave. <laughs> no more no more French dinners courtesy no. of the mayor, huh? No. So all I can say is this was not worth the $6,000. What an absolute debacle. In international relations, it's called security theater. By that, I think Pepin Neff meant that officials just wanted a more sort of rousing performance of whatever would make people feel safe, even if it was totally irrational. Like taking your shoes off at the airport. Doesn't, that's not, that's not a thing. Having 80-year-old grandmas take their shoes off at the airport, there's no 80-year-old grandma bombers. If it hadn't been for Biotope, 
sort of going, yeah, this is French politics. This is the way it goes. Um, I would have been devastated. I'm still devastated. It makes me upset just thinking about it now. But we did the best we could, you know, and I'm proud that in that moment of getting shivved by the mayor that I leaned in, you know, if it if I was going to go down, that was the way it was going to go down. Christopher Pepin Neff never had anything to do with Reunion Island again. He just flew back to Australia and carried on with his life. He was pretty bummed by that whole experience, and I don't blame him. He went there in good faith and tried to bring sanity to the conversation, and he got burned. But Pepin Neff did keep writing and thinking about sharks. I spent uh, a number of weeks out on a boat um, trying to tag great white sharks and in South Africa on Seal Island, and they just don't come to the boat. They swim below, you know, they leave you alone. Like Sharks are very finicky uh, creatures, and, you know, and sort of going out on a boat gave me a great deal of respect for just how little they care about us. <laughs> That we sort of think that they are drawn to us and fascinated by us and obsessed with us, and they're not thinking about us. No, and even when we try to get their attention, they won't give their they won't give it. And it really is a human shark interaction. Really is an extraordinary. And I'm not trying to glorify it. I'm just trying to say that statistically, it is an extraordinary event where a human and uh, a shark have come together. Um, and, and we need to be fearful and careful and respectful, but um, let's not overcook the turkey on this one and pretend that they give a shit about us. But here's the deal when it comes to the phrase shark attack. There are only so many times you can say shark attack before politicians go crazy. And if I said to you, Dan, shark attack, Shark attack, shark attack, shark attack, shark attack, shark attack, then that would make most people go crazy. The public was lied to. This is a lie. This story is a scandal. It's a public ethics scandal. It's a public integrity scandal. Um, people were lied to so other people could have political profit or so you could placate the fears that were unfounded and against science. And I could have tried to do more, but I made a decision that it was too toxic an environment for me. Back on Reunion, an awful lot of other folks were about to reach the same conclusion, thanks to a major and startling revelation in 2013, year three of the Reunion Island shark crisis. Coming up next on Reunion, Shark Attacks in Paradise. It's not a good thing because the purpose of the Greenies ideology 
is to to give uh, animal human human feeling you know they they put human feeling on animals but uh, animals are animals they don't have human feelings there maybe maybe some but it's not the same Reunion Shark Attacks in Paradise is a production of Hyperobject Industries, Little Everywhere, and Sony Music Entertainment. It's written, reported, and hosted by me, Dan Duane. Executive produced by Adam McKay, Claire Slaughter, Harry Nelson, Dan Gallucci, and Jane Marie. Produced and engineered by Joy Sanford, Mike Richter, Dan Gallucci, and Jane Marie, with help from Zaley Mahone. Edited by Dan Gallucci and Jane Marie. All final mixes by Mike Richter. Reunion, Shark Attacks in Paradise was interpreted by James Christie and Pauline Chardin. Special thanks to all of our voice actors, Fred Gill, Sandrine Ristello, Julio Mendy, and Marley Otto, and to the many people on Reunion Island that helped make all of this possible. decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy mail checks invoices legal documents and everything you need to keep your business running with stamps.com seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.